All right, well, good morning, VVCC. Hey, kids, you are dismissed to Children's Church, four years old through fifth grade. Go back there with Tanny and Becca. You're going to have a great time. While they're going back there, can we just give it up for Tanny and Becca and all our kids' workers, all they do? Awesome, awesome stuff. Isn't it cool to think that while we're digging into God's Word and, and just getting to know God more and here, they're doing the same thing next door on their level. Just so cool to think about. Well, i got a question for you, and the question is this. Have you ever had a pair of shoes that just didn't fit quite right? Just a little bit off, right? It was almost like there's a pebble in your shoe, or maybe it's a little bit tight or a little bit loose. Maybe the shoelaces never stay tied for some reason. Just have a pair of shoes that didn't quite fit just right. I want to tell you about somebody that you've probably never heard her name before that was known for going out of her way for those shoes. Again, you've probably never heard the name before. You might have to Google the name. Um, Her name was Mother Teresa. And she was known for, apparently, when, when shoes would get donated to, you know, to, to the, the place that she was a part of, she would go out of her way to get the worst-fitting pair of shoes. The reason being, in her mind, was this, that she was wanting those around her to get the very best shoes they could have for themselves. So the story goes that Mother Teresa did this year after year after year, And I almost got a picture to put up for you, but I thought I would spare you. Uh, But if you do want to Google Mother Teresa's feet, um, just make sure you're not at lunch. She sacrificed. Uh. But what did she do? She sacrificed. She gave up something of value for the benefit of others. Sacrifice. Giving up something of value for the benefit, for the well-being of others. So my question for you today is, what's your shoe pile? Where are you being led to give sacrificially? to give up something of value for the benefit of another. What's your shoe pile? Man, everybody loves a good sacrificing story of giving up for somebody else. Somebody putting their life on the line, their, their, their reputation on the line, their resources on the line to help somebody in need. We love stories like that. It's almost like we're hardwired for this. Like it's in our DNA. Like there was this creator that made us that way. And if you go with the flow of just life, just go with the flow, you're always going to end up trending towards selfishness over sacrifice. But when we lean into God and who he's made us to be, We start living that life of sacrifice. We start finding our shoe pile, and we find that we were wired for this. 
how do I give sacrificially? What is my shoe pile? This affects everything. This does affect your home life. This does affect your workplace. This does affect your community. That difference between leaning towards selfishness or leaning into sacrifice. And I would say based on how God's wired you and me and based on his word, life somehow is actually better. The more we give up, the more we get. How do I give sacrificially? Well, we're going to look in a couple passages today. We're going to start in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, and then a little bit later we'll be hanging out in Philippians. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, as we ask ourselves the question, how do I give sacrificially? And as we're gearing up and getting ready to to get into that, our main point this morning is this. Giving sacrificially is rooted in knowing the one who gave everything. Giving sacrificially is rooted in knowing the one who gave up everything. So if you're ready to go, you're ready to keep leaning into what God has for you today. Can you say, I'm ready? ready. All right, will you pray with me as we continue our time? So God, we love you. We just proclaimed you are the way maker, miracle maker. You're, you're, you're the light in the darkness. You break chains. And Lord, we just say we believe that. And God, I, I, I know my friends in this room feel the same way. I, I don't want to go into something like this just haphazardly or lukewarm. Lord, if I believe this Jesus stuff, and I do, God, I want to be all in for you. And so, God, would you continue to work and move this morning for your glory, for, for our good? And would you just continue to be Lord over this time? So would you just help us? through this time, draw a little closer to you and to live for you a little more. And God, I pray for those in this room or online who don't know you, who maybe are seeking or searching. They would see you and know you, know your love, that the words we sang about you, that is who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for being the miracle worker you are. We give this time to you. Help us as we think about what our own shoe pile is. I praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, how do I give sacrificially? Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living, what's that word? Hey, fitting for today, right? Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Let's pause right there, going back to verse 1. He says, therefore I urge you. So the book of Romans is, is quite a book. You don't necessarily read it in just a couple minutes, right? It's, it's got a lot to it. It's a beautiful book. 
And there's so much packed into it about the good news of Jesus, about the bad news of, of what happens without Jesus and our need for a Savior and the good news about having this Savior. There's so much packed in about God's grace, his unmerited favor for us and his mercy. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So Paul is looking back on the first 11 chapters of this book, and he's saying, based on everything that I've told you, in light of God's mercy, and then he makes that following statement. So everything hinges in God's mercy on this passage. Well, what is mercy? It's God withholding what we do deserve. Grace is God's unmerited favor. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Mercy is God holding back what we did deserve. Paul says earlier in Romans that the wages of our sin is death, right? But, but, so that's, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we see this grace and mercy at work. So he says, in light of that mercy, I urge you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Isn't this an interesting phrase, living sacrifice? Now, in, in, in the first century, Paul's recipients would be a little more familiar with sacrificing than necessarily we would in 2023 America. They would be familiar with sacrificial systems, and whether it be through, through Judaism and the Old Testament, or whether it be through maybe some, some cults, they would be familiar with what it means to sacrifice, to put an animal on the altar and for it to be killed in your place. And so they have this in mind, and, and as they read, living sacrifice, that makes no sense. That's an oxymoron, Paul. It's two things that don't go together. Living, sacrifice. And then Paul keeps on saying, holy and pleasing to God. So he's telling his recipients in Rome, and he's telling us, because of all God's done for you, this is how you get to live. You are a sacrifice, yes, but you don't die. You're a sacrifice in the sense that you give up the most valuable thing, your very life for God. And I love that Paul says it's holy and pleasing to God. He's using some sacrificial language from the Old Testament, holy and pleasing. As you and I try to be living sacrifices, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do this Jesus thing imperfectly. And some of us need to hear this today because some of us, we beat ourselves up a lot. Oh, I'm not, oh, I messed up again. Or, oh, I, I, God's disappointed in me. He's not happy with me. And Paul says, as a living sacrifice, if you know this Jesus, you are holy and pleasing to him. Sometimes we need to take what we think and what the Bible says about us and where there's a contradiction, guess what wins, right? The Bible. Holy, pleasing to God as you give your life up. And then it says this is your true and proper worship. 
What we did up here just now was worship. It was giving ourselves to God and raising our voices. And what's so cool as a living sacrifice is you and I get to give 24-7 to God. It doesn't have to be just Sunday morning, which is super important and super wonderful, but it can be Tuesday morning and Thursday night and Saturday afternoon. You and I get to be a living sacrifice to God. And this is true. This is proper. This is what worship looks like. So how do I give sacrificially? Point number one, know God's mercy and respond. Know God's mercy that he let me off the hook for the things that I deserve and respond. So look with me in verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. So Paul says, in light of that, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't conform. It's this idea of getting restricted, conform, fitting into the mold of this world. Don't conform to that. Don't give in to that. And as we talk about that, you know exactly what we're talking about, right? This world has a mold for you to fit in if you just go with the flow. Paul says, don't conform to that. Instead, be transformed. We get the metamorphosis is, 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 is kind of from this word and connected to the Greek. And so you think about, right, a, a, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, right? The metamorphosis. It's this big change. Don't be conformed. Be transformed. How do you do that? It's by the renewing of your mind. How's your thought life going? What are you thinking on and dwelling on these days? Where you put your thoughts affects everything. You know what one of the best ways to renew your mind is? It's by spending time with the God of the universe. If you get nothing else out of this morning about these, these gifts of sacrifice, best thing you can give and give back to God is your time, your thoughts, carving out space to spend time with him in his word. I was having coffee with a friend the other day, and he was, he was talking about his time with the Lord, and he said, you know, everything else hinges off of that for me. The rest of my day, how I, how I do, and, and, and my marriage, and my parenting, and my work, everything hinges off of that. I, I thought that was so good. You're frustrated and struggling with your marriage, your work, your fill-in-the-blank, you're filled with stress and anxiety. I'm not saying it's a a magic routine, right? That God's this cosmic vending machine. But spend time with God and see what he wants to do in your marriage, in your work, in your life. This is how we renew our mind as this living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to him. And I love this last part. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good. It's pleasing and perfect. Anybody struggling to figure out maybe what God's will is for you? Do do you have an important decision that's going on? Are you thinking about maybe a big career change? Or maybe a big move? Some kind of decision with your children? Do I put them in, in this daycare or in this school? The way we do that, the way we figure that out, the way God leads us is as we renew our minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Can, can I be honest with you? It's easier for me to go the route of anxiety to figure out what God's good, pleasing, perfect will is. All right, I'm going to stress and get anxious over it and worry about it and think and think and think and think. And I've totally bypassed the route that Paul gives us in Romans 12, 1 and 2. as a living sacrifice, renewing my mind, leaning into him. And as I do that, he shows that good, pleasing, and perfect will. I worked in foster care, as you know, for several years, and and this was a common prayer I prayed with our foster families. God, let your good, pleasing, and perfect will be done in this home. Oftentimes, it was on calls having to do with placing children in their home, and all these unknowns, all these things up in the air. What do we do? Do we say yes? Do we say no? What do we do with our home and our family? God, let your good, pleasing, perfect will be done. Great prayer to pray for you and what you have going on. How do I give sacrificially? I know God's mercy and I respond to it as a living sacrifice. Anybody here ever served on jury duty? Anybody here serve on jury duty and liked it? Okay, I'm, I'm like the only, okay, yes. Okay, I got, I got a friend back there. Yes. Okay, I got one over there. So I, there's something wrong with me. I love jury duty. I just, I love it. It's like it's my, my civic duty. There's so much going on. I just love, it feels like I'm in a TV show or something. <laughs> and so in Florida, I got called into jury duty. I, I was so excited when I got the piece of mail. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. And, and so I go... And uh, this is jury selection, and they could tell how excited and eager I was, and so they, they picked me to be on jury duty. And I remember getting to be there, getting to be one of the, one of the people there in the, you know, the jury area and the, you know, the, the case proceeding. And I'm taking notes, and I'm leaning in, I'm excited. Well, eventually through this case, they told us jurors, hey, you, you need to pick, pick a, a head juror. Um, you pick whoever you want. And one of them goes, well, this guy took a lot of notes. It should be him. <laughs> so I got roped into being the head juror. Really what that meant was at the end of the whole time, at the end of the deliberations and all that, and we go into the jury room, was I was the one who had to write down on a piece of paper whether this person was going to be guilty or innocent. And I remember sitting in that room, and, and a bunch of our jurors, they could care less like, I don't know, whatever. And it was between, it was me and maybe one other person that actually cared what was going on. And I felt the weight of this decision. As I held this piece of paper, trying to figure out if I marked down guilty or not guilty, it was a hard case. There was a lot of details to it. 
It was complicated. But as I looked at the case, it felt like by myself, and as I looked at the details, it became clear to me what needed to happen. And I wrote down on that piece of paper with the, the yeses from the, the, yeses from the rest of the, the jury, I wrote down the decision on the piece of paper. We walked back into the courtroom. The rest of it's a little bit of a blur, but I handed it to, I believe the judge said something like, all right, jury, have you come to a decision? And I said, yes, your honor. And I gave the piece of paper to the, the head bailiff guy, and they read out the decision. And they said, hey, this person is guilty. And that was maybe six, seven years ago. I, I still think about that sometimes. How I wrote down what led to that guy's sentencing. The power that was in that piece of paper. The implications of it. And I think about in our relationship with God. The jury's not out. The jury's in. There was, there was no need for a deliberation. There was, there was no confusion about what the outcome was going to be. You see, the paper itself said guilty on it. But you know what? When God got that piece of paper about you, you know what he did instead? You know what mercy means? It means that he took it and said, this doesn't apply to you. I know everything you did. I know everything you've done. I know everything you're going to do. And you are declared righteous, innocent. This is mercy. And God extends it to you. How do we respond in light of that? being a living sacrifice. How do I give sacrificially? I know God's mercy and I respond. How else do I give sacrificially? I know what God gave up and respond. All right, we're gonna hop over to Philippians chapter two, verses five through 11. Philippians two, verses five through 11. Look at this with me. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Just stop right there. That, that'd be amazing. If we could all do that, boy, that'd be great in our relationships. If our world could do this, oh my goodness. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. This is sacrifice. Even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that is the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is 
Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. How do I give sacrificially? I know what God gave up and respond. Imagine this. Going from essentially, I'm going to say palace to poverty, immense riches, right? God of the universe, and he took on flesh and dwelt among us. Let's go, go back uh, in our slide here to verses 5 and 6. This is just incredible. Have the same mindset as Christ. He didn't account equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. So this is, this is humility in the midst of sacrifice. Going into verse 7 there, he made himself nothing. The nature of a servant. I was talking with James, our student ministries director, the other day, and you know what the name of our student ministry is? It's servant. It was really neat to talk with James and, and continue to hear his heart that our students be servants of Jesus, that they model the one who's the ultimate servant. I just absolutely loved that. Jesus took the very nature of a servant. He's made in human likeness. Listen now in verse, go to verse 8 there. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, death on a cross. So do, do you remember in the book of John, there's this story where Jesus, right, the night that he's going to get betrayed, the disciples are in the upper room, and he takes a basin of water, takes a towel, wraps it around him, what does he proceed to do? He gets down on his knees and he starts washing his disciples' feet. Stinky, gross, nasty feet. This is servanthood. This, in Philippians 2, is what sacrifice looks like. It's giving up your own status. It's giving up your time, your talent, your treasure and serving those around you. And then look with me now in verse 9. This is incredible. God exalted him to the highest place, then gave him the name of every name. And this is just amazing. At the name of Jesus, this is our prayer over this Christmas season, right? At the name of Jesus, next, next verse, every knee should bow, heaven on earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. So the one who bowed the knee, right, and, and served his disciples, by washing their feet is ultimately the one that we get to bow our knees to in service and sacrifice. We look to the ultimate service, servant. In the midst of this Christmas season where it's all about me, 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 you look at the advertisements and the commercials and they say, you need this car, you need this phone, you need this purse or whatever it is. Jesus says it's not about what you get. It's about what you give away. Sacrifice. Our world can handle Jesus as a baby. 
right? Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Great, great song. Except for the part where they talk about, was it silent night? No, it's away in a manger. Except for the part in away in a manger where they say, the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. That is not true. I've been a father for a year. I'm telling you, babies cry. That song gets me. But look at our songs. We can handle Jesus as a baby, but not as the conquering king. He came and kneeled, entered into the world, took on flesh, dwelt among us. He kneeled among us so that we would kneel before him. How do I give sacrificially? I know what God gave up, and I respond. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes I think I, I, I feel like I've almost like graduated from, from the basics of the good news. Like, I forget, I forget what God gave up. Do you ever do that? There was a, a time a few weeks ago, speaking of crying babies, where, where my baby was crying in the, the middle of the night. It was, it was my turn, and, and I got up, and, and, and he had made a mess, and you know, I had to clean him up, and all that. And it was, a, it was a whole process, right? It was a whole process. And after all of it was said and done, and I'm holding my clean baby in my arms, and he's not wrapped in swaddling cloths or whatever, um, lying in a manger. But he's, 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 he's in his, his, his little outfit and everything. He's, he's warm and cozy, and I'm rocking him. And I just got hit with a lot of emotion. Like, started crying. Tears were coming down my face. Because it, it hit me. God, you gave up your son. You gave up your kid. I forget that. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It hit me. I lose sight of that all too often. You don't need a kid to be reminded of that. You, you know this. You think about giving up the most, one of, one, of the, one of the most important things to you, people to you, whatever that looks like. It gives us a glimpse into what God gave up for us, for you. Giving sacrificially is rooted in knowing the one who gave up everything. So what's your next step? What do you do with all of this? Well, my question for you is, what's your shoe pile? Where is God calling you now that we've talked about his mercy and what he's given up? What has he called you to respond in? What shoe pile does he have for you? What time, talent, and treasure has he called you to give sacrificially? Not to earn anything, but just out of this response, this natural response. If God gave all, I can give my all to him. A couple things. You know this. We announced this last week. Next week, we are, we are giving our offering to the Verde Valley Homeless Coalition. Isn't that incredible? So next Sunday, everything's going to them. 
And if you give online, it's, it's going to be this Tuesday through Sunday. So it's going to be the 19th through, or Monday, excuse me, the 19th through the 25th. All of it's going. Like Pastor Jim said last week, Jesus says when we give to him, when we care for those who are the, the least of these, it's, it's like we're caring for him. This is one of the best gifts we can give Jesus, is giving to those who need it. So be praying this week. Maybe that's part of your shoe pile. Giving to this, praying about this going into this week. Another thing you can do, we have invite cards on the seat for Christmas Eve. Giving people the greatest gift ever, which is the gift of the good news. Letting them come here and hear about this Jesus, this ultimate servant who sacrificed everything. So we want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Take one of those gift gift cards. I said gift card. You have a gift card on your seat. It's not a gift card. It's an invite card. Take one of those. And can I challenge you to give give it to one person? And I was thinking, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at all three. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a pastor, right? I, I I come to all three. It's pretty sweet. I get to come to church all the time. So I'm gonna all three. So I'm gonna give out three invite cards, all right? One for each service. All right, I'm gonna challenge you to give one invite card. When you see me next week, let me know how it went. And then you got to ask me how to go for me. So now, now you're holding me accountable. I got to do three. Give one person this. Help them see the ultimate one who sacrificed. But what is your shoe pile? What is God calling you to do to serve in your family, in your work? Husbands, go do the dishes tonight. I've signed you up. <laughs> serve. Find your shoe pile. The greatest gift we can give is not what's for us what's for others and ultimately for God. So with that, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up. You guys have prayer cards in front of you. Feel free to fill that out, put it in one of our giving boxes, or bring it over to the information center. We love praying for you. So come up for prayer, write it down one way or another. We want to pray for you. If you're new here, we are so glad you're here. Fill out the connect card in the seat back in front of you. Take it to the information center, and we'll have a goodie bag for you on the way out. We really hope that you find here a place to belong at VV. This is an awesome place, and we want you to know you're loved. We want you to know God loves you. We want to connect with you. Don't forget, invite someone to Christmas Eve. Hold me accountable. I'll hold you accountable. Grab a card. Sorry, it's not a gift card. It's an invite card. (laughs) And church family, may we remember this? Giving sacrificially is rooted in knowing the one who gave everything. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for this morning. You're the way maker, the miracle maker, promise keeper, and you are the light in the darkness. Jesus, we thank you that the light came and invaded our world. Jesus, we thank you. You are the light of the world. We worship you and we praise you. God, be with each one of my friends here and online. Lord, help us to serve you knowing, knowing what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the ultimate servant. Thank you, Jesus, we get to be a living sacrifice for you. So be with each of my friends. Like Randy was praying earlier, there's, gotta be, there's good stuff, there's hard stuff, there's everything in between, quite possibly, for each person here. Meet them where they're at. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Praise in your amazing name, Jesus. Amen.
All right, guys. Well, hey, we love you. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next week, Christmas Eve. Hope your shoes fit well. Go find your shoe pile. <laughs>